Welcome to Diverse, the podcast for the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and SWE's blog all together at altogether.swe.org. Are you taking full advantage of your SWE membership? Your membership grants you access to SWE Advanced Learning for career and life. Your membership unlocks free and discounted on-demand content 24 hours a day from around the world. The SWE Advanced Learning also has live learning. With multiple tracks, Advance offers something for every career and every stage of your career. SWE's many offerings feature subject matter experts from a wide variety of thought leaders in STEM and leadership. When you want to skill up, turn to Advance first. Access learning at advancelearning.swe.org. Hi, I'm Rachel Morford, President of the Society of Women Engineers, and welcome to Diverse, a SWE podcast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at SWE Diverse Podcast. I'm joined today by Dr. Rose Margaret Akingatua and Beth McGinnis Kavanaugh. Dr. Rose Margaret is a professor of engineering at Ohlone College in Fremont, California, and is a former special director for the Society of Women Engineers. Beth is a professor of engineering and physical sciences for Springfield Technical Community College and is a faculty advisor for the SWE affiliate at STCC. They both work very closely with the SWE Community College Affinity Group program. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rose Margaret and Beth, and I'm excited to jump in and talk about our affinity group. Thanks for having us, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. So I wanted to start off today with talking about the Community College Affinity Group. Can you share with our listeners what it is, what its goals are, and how you both became involved in it? Sure. Community College Affinity Group is a peer community for community college students, faculty, administrators, and advocates of supporters of community college women in engineering. I think its main goal is to really highlight community college students, their potential, what they bring to the table in the field of engineering, as well as promote community college pathways in engineering. And when I say engineering with respect to community colleges, that could mean what we call engineering transfer, which is the first two years of an engineering degree. Or it could mean engineering technology programs, which are typically two-year terminal programs that prepare students to go directly into the workforce as technicians. And just wanted to add to the absolutely wonderful description of our community college AG that Beth just described, uh, that the intent of the AG was also to change the narrative regarding community college across the country and globally, and also to uh, make visible our community colleges, students, faculty, administrators, and just create that common platform where our voices could be heard, because really community colleges are the places that you will actually find diversity. And um, with regards to your question about how Beth and I are involved, we are both colleagues and founders of the AG, and it's a tale of two passions that came together. Beth was sitting on the East Coast thinking about how she could make community colleges more visible and support her students, 
And I was sitting on the West Coast dreaming about the same thing. And um, Sui brought us together. I think we're better connected, the two of us, and said, both of you have the same passion. And Beth and I came together and talked about creating an affinity group. And it's really been exciting just seeing how the AG has created a platform for visibility and advocacy for community colleges. Absolutely. And it's so wonderful that you are so both passionate, you are both so passionate about community colleges. Rose Margaret, I did want to go in a little more detail about something you said that I think is really important for all of our listeners to think about and understand the diversity at community colleges. Can you speak a little to that? Oh, yes, sure. So if you look at the data on community colleges, you'll find that over 50% of community college students are women. Over 70% come from underrepresented ethnic groups. Um, There are Latinos, African-American, and Native American, uh, Pacific Islanders, and um, Asian-American. And uh, most of our community college students are first-generation students, foster youth, and students on financial aid. And so we say that if you're really looking for diversity, whether in the workforce, community colleges are the place to go. And that is where we really speak truth to bridging the socioeconomic gap that we all talk about bridging all the time when we have DEI conversations. And I think that is why Beth and I are so passionate about just having this we community college affinity group, because we think it's really going to support the DI work that SWE is really advocating for. Absolutely. I know in our local community colleges here in Southern California, there are a few SWE affiliates, and I I expect that their members are a part of the affinity group. So it's exciting for me to see that grow. Beth, I'm wondering if you've seen any of the students who you interact with at your community college who have been involved in the SWE affiliate and are active members of the affinity group. Has that helped in terms of developing a community outside of the outside of their experience at the community college or even a stronger community within their community college experience? I think it's helped with both. That's a great question. In fact, one example I can speak to is I believe it was the national conference in Anaheim, where I think we had the first community college meetup. And I have students who have, you know, since graduated from my institution who are still talking about that and who are still corresponding with some of the other students they met there. So our students typically, you know, don't have the opportunities to network and be around professional communities because as they're educating themselves, as they're in school, at our institutions, they are often working one, two, sometimes three jobs. They may be parents. They may be taking care of other family members. Their plates are full. And so they really don't have access to, or they can't take advantage of traditional opportunities that are typically afforded to, you know, traditional four-year students. So yes, an affinity group really, in some ways, puts them on the map. It really elevates them cultivates that sense of community and belonging and inclusion and visibility that they've been missing. And this speaks to what Rose Margaret said earlier. So it's very important. The the AG is important. It's important for faculty because I, and it's important for the institutions. I mean, in the hierarchy of higher ed, community colleges, let's be honest, 
are right down at the bottom. And that shouldn't be, but it is. And so there's a status issue. There's a class issue. There's a lot of issues around community colleges that this AG is just trying to really poke at, so to speak. And so it's been super helpful in that way. Yeah. If I may just add to what Beth just said, I think also even my personal experience as faculty advisor for a Loney College affiliate, just hearing from students how SWE has helped them and the AG has helped them to just stay on in engineering. Um, so I think having the AG and also just lots of SWE affiliates at community colleges helps with retention and success and just helps with leadership. I know we're talking about workforce development for engineering, but I think just generally in terms of leadership and seeing the next generation of women leaders, I have seen that um, really be a positive um, effect or transformative effect from our SWE affiliates at community colleges. We're um, supporting strong women leaders coming from community colleges and that is mind-blowing. Yeah, that is just so incredible. And it's so heartwarming to hear that because as president of this organization, that's what I hope we are providing for all of our members is that opportunity to create community and to retain students in engineering. So I, I love hearing that, Rose Margaret. Thank you. One of the things that you mentioned, and I'm curious about both of your perspectives on this, is about the importance of this to the faculty at community colleges. I'm wondering, I don't know these statistics personally, but is there a higher number of women who teach in the STEM fields at community colleges than at four-year institutions? Um, I think it's less, especially in engineering and generally in the STEM fields. Um, for example, I go for lots of um, faculty meetings in the state of California, community college faculty meetings. And there are not that many women um, teaching at community colleges in engineering and engineering technology. So to Beth's point, Beth had mentioned earlier on that the Finici Group is also there to support faculty and administrators. And so that is our intent that the AG creates another uh, community and supportive platform for women teaching engineering and engineering technology at community colleges to come together, share best practice, and just look for ways to support each other to stay on. Because more often than not, there's a high attrition rate of female faculty from engineering generally. And so our AG seeks to stop that, stop the high attrition rates and just create a platform where faculty feel supported Deans feel supported and um, administrators really know how to support women in engineering at community colleges. I completely agree with what Rose Margaret said. One of the things about teaching at a community college is that it is a teaching position. It is not a research position as with many four-year institutions. So we don't have even though a lot of community college faculty do do research and are part of research projects, grant projects, et cetera, we don't have that consistent access to colleagues, you know, with which we may be working on research projects. So I think we're fairly siloed to a large extent. 
So I know that at my institution, we actually have three women who teach engineering, which is pretty high, to be honest. But in the engineering technologies division, I think there is only one out of many. So it's not unusual for faculty, women faculty, and this is typical for me, to be the only woman in the classroom. So both Rose Margaret and I have experienced that as students. And I know a lot of women engineers have experienced this, being the only female student in the classroom. But we're still the only women in the classroom. It's just now that, you know, now we're in charge. But I think that is an important point about something else that you're showing the students in the affinity group and in your respective affiliates is that you can go into teaching engineering and engineering technology and that it's not just a pathway to industry and engineering jobs. So I do want to pull a little bit on your personal backgrounds that you've both mentioned a bit. You're both professors. Can you tell us a little bit about what you studied and how you found yourself teaching? Beth, do you want to go ahead and start? Sure. So I can start off by saying that I am a community college graduate. I went to the institution at which I teach for my engineering transfer degree. My sister and I were both highly encouraged to go into engineering. And like many women, we had a strong influence from our dad about going into engineering. But I I went out of high school the traditional way, and that didn't work out. And so, you know, a few years passed. I got married. I had some children. And then I decided I really needed to go back to school. And so I started at STCC. And if it hadn't been for STCC, I probably wouldn't have done it. And I went part-time while raising my kids and working part-time and, you know, got my engineering transfer degree and then transferred up to the University of Massachusetts and finished my bachelor's and master's in structural engineering. I'll say that that took 11 years. And again, that's very typical of a community college student. My journey is very typical of what we see all the time. So my passion for education, I think, comes out of my own experience and my passion for the community college. And just a quick story about how I wound up back at STIC when I was finishing my graduate degree, my master's degree. One of my old professors called me and said, we have a professor on sabbatical. We need one class covered. It happened to have been my favorite class of all time. And they paid me literally pennies on the dollar. But he said, you know, do you want to give it a shot? And I did. And I was hooked and I never left. So that's how I wound up where I am today. I think that's very reminiscent of a lot of engineers and the jobs that we find ourselves in. So thank you for sharing that story, Beth. Rose Margaret? Yeah, um, I want to say that Beth's story always just super inspires me um, just to see the path that she took and it just speaks to her strength. And that's why I'm honored to be a co-lead with her on this AG. My path was really one, I think, born out of passion. One, I came from a family of educators, and also my mom was initially a biology teacher. And so from an early age, she inculcated in us that passion, that curiosity to ask questions, to investigate, and just to love science. And for me, I liked math, I liked science, I loved fixing puzzles, and But also, I think I saw the bigger purpose for engineering, that engineering was really the one thing, the one opportunity that I personally had as a woman and a person of color to really create technologies that could positively impact the world. And that really engineering was the way out that we could actually create positive change 
in our communities and in the world globally. And so um, once I saw this at an early age, I developed the passion for engineering because I felt this is it. This is the way we can create positive change in the world. And so I went to college and studied electrical electronics engineering and um, specialized in telecommunication systems and then went on and did my master's degree in mobile and satellite communications and then did my PhD in cybernetics, which is um, the world of cyborgs and just how we can create systems that augment our abilities and all focused on creating positive change. And how did I get into education? Like I said, my family was full of educators, but I think during one of my internships, we had a workshop and it was an engineering internship, but we had a training workshop for folks. And after doing the training, I enjoyed it. And people were saying, okay, you were pretty good at that. That was really good. And then I decided that probably academia would be the best place for me after working in the corporate world for about a year or two. I missed that academic environment because I just wanted to be in an environment where I could share knowledge with people and learn. And I think academia just gives a lot of freedom. And also I felt that was my opportunity to impact the lives of the next generation of engineers. And so I found myself in England at a four-year university, University of West London, and then after I moved to the U.S. and started at Ohlone College, a community college. And I have to say that I fell in love with community colleges because um, you can tell a story of how a student stumbles in an engineering class as um, um, a waiter. And then fast forward six years later, they're working at NASA, being part of the people um, creating the helicopter that lands on Mars. And uh, I think there's nothing more amazing than that to wake up each morning and see the, the transformation in the lives of students. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think I will speak for our audience when I say I, you are both inspirational. Rose Margaret, I know you pointed out Beth's story is inspirational, but I think that you both have so much to share with your students and with our listeners and with your fellow SME members. So thank you. We've touched a little bit on this so far, but can you talk a little bit about how the community college experience in the United States differs from a four-year college experience and why someone might choose a community college before transferring to a four-year college or just get that engineering technology degree? Um, Sure, I'll start with that. I think, well, there are a lot of differences. Obviously, you can point to costs. You can point to the fact that community colleges are local. They serve local areas or regional areas in terms of uh, workforce development and programs offered and that sort of thing. They're obviously not residential. And our student demographic is different. And as Rose Margaret pointed out earlier, we serve a disproportionate number of underrepresented groups and students, but our students are also non-traditional in many, many ways. And as I mentioned earlier, a lot of them are parents. A lot of them are, you know, have a lot of family obligations. They need to work to eat. I mean, they are not working for fun money. They need to support themselves. And so a lot of them are part-time, which is obviously not the case at a traditional four-year institution. 
So yeah, they have a lot of other obligations that they deal with. I think the community college environment is maybe more accessible and a little friendlier than a university would be to a first-time, first-generation student, for example. And I think a lot of our students come from backgrounds in which they're not adept at navigating you know, traditional big four-year institutions. So I think the community college does provide some accessibility and approachability for a lot of folks that just normally would not be steered towards or lean towards one of the you know more traditional type institutions. Yeah, and I would also to what Beth just mentioned that what I have seen as value added in the lives of my students at community colleges is that the community college really creates um, a soft landing for them where they have the opportunity to really explore what they're interested in at a low cost and also to understand that they belong in whatever field that they choose to major in. Professors at community colleges are a lot more accessible and um, students can easily walk up to their professors and just talk to them about different questions that they may have. Mentorship with professors is a lot more accessible to And I think all these contribute towards actually helping students succeed more. There's actually some data, at least I'll speak for the state of California, that suggests that community college students that transfer to four-year colleges actually outperform students that started at four-year colleges. And I think this has to do with just the, I would call it the conviction regarding their major and that sense of belonging that they have, and the bigger vision regarding their major and how they can contribute um, to the bigger, the larger field that they are pursuing. And of course, I think Beth had mentioned this, you leave a community college pretty much debt-free. And so (laughs) that's a very big selling point for our students coming to community colleges. I think another piece of that that I heard as you were describing that, Rose Margaret, was the the strong basis, the strong foundation that those community colleges students get from their their time at that institution with the close community and the access and um, access and connection with their instructors. So, thank you both for sharing that. What is the biggest misconception that either of you have heard about community colleges. Rose Margaret, do you want to start? Oh, sure, I will. And I think this is the reason why Beth and I came together <laughs> to create the SV Community College Affinity Group because top on our agenda was to change the narrative regarding community colleges. And I think one of the huge stereotypical misconceptions that folks have about community colleges is that they might be in some shape or form substandard to four-year colleges. And that is a huge misconception because community college just provides the first two years of higher education, university-level education. And so community college students are in no way in a on a lesser league or a smaller league uh, than four-year college students. And um, what I have found over time now is that the workforce is actually realizing that we have a lot of veterans. I know this is a sweet podcast, but we've also got women veterans. 
And I have lots of veterans coming into community colleges to retrain or get certificates, and they have a lot of experience. And so the workforce or industries are reaching out to us for those veterans. We say taking your kids or to be a parent, returning to community colleges just to get a certificate or to reskill. And so these are all folks with prior knowledge, prior skills that the workforce could tap into. And so the workforce is actually realizing that if they want to tap into low-hanging fruit skill sets, community colleges are the place to go. And our community college students consistently exceed expectations when they go for internships or when they get hired. And also, right now, I think the country as a whole is facing a huge skills gap for technicians. And that is what community colleges thrive on. And so what we're seeing now is um, lots of people realizing that community colleges are not substandard. We have a different way of teaching, pretty hands-on, practical, and that is really what the country needs now, or in fact, the whole world needs now. And our students are stellar, to say the least, and so are our faculty. I completely agree wholeheartedly with everything Rose Margaret just said and would add that I think there is an, an image of community colleges as just two more years of high school or, you know, the students that go there can't get in anywhere else. And that's not the case. I think that, you know, what Rose Margaret mentioned about students who are retraining, veterans who are coming back for an education, this all goes to, you know, this notion of what I call the linear STEM pipeline. You know, traditionally that's what it's been, but we celebrate nonlinear journeys at community colleges. And a lot of people are on nonlinear, non-traditional journeys. And again, I myself, you know, was on one and probably am still on one, but our students are great. They transfer to very prestigious institutions. They do very well in the field, whether it's as a technician or as an engineer. And Sometimes, you know, they may need a little extra support because of lack of preparation through no fault of their own. It may have to do with the, you know, communities in which they were raised or the high schools that they attended. But in community colleges are, that's one of our hallmarks is providing that support and elevating everybody to the level they need to be to get the work done. So yeah, it's, they get, a, they get you know, there's a movement out called End the Stigma about community colleges. If you are on Twitter, you can hashtag that. And um, we need to do that. And we're hoping this AG kind of contributes to that effort. I hope that it does as well. Thank you, Bev. My last question for you both today, and we'll go ahead and start with you, Beth, for this one. If you could share some advice to young high school students who are considering starting off at a community college, what would you tell them? I think, you know, it's a personal decision like everything else. And I, I would just, you know, advise them to think about what kind of experience they're looking for. I know when my two kids were looking at colleges, you know, they were looking for completely different experiences. One went to a big, very urban university and one went to a very small liberal arts college. And so everybody wants something different. The other thing is, you know, what other pressures or what other obligations are they dealing with? Can they handle a four-year, typical four-year university? Is that you know, what they're looking for, or is that what they can do at this stage of their lives? So yeah, I just think they need to look at the type of student that they are, 
what type of experience they're looking for. Cost is a factor. I mean, we have to be practical as students or parents. That's definitely an issue. What type of support they might need, if any, and just, you know, how how their classwork, how their academics will fit in with the rest of their their life and their other obligations is excuse me, is important to consider. Yeah. Great and, advice. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's just great advice. Thank you, Beth. Rose Margaret, what about you? Yeah, I would just add to what Beth just mentioned that community colleges are the American dream. And you can see yourself from wherever you are right now to where you envision yourself to be. President Obama went to a community college. Tom Hanks went to a community college. And I could start the list is endless of super amazing stars that started off at community colleges. And so do not in any way think that if you start at a community college, you might not end up doing the super amazing things that you want to do. In fact, lots of students now starting off at community colleges are doing amazing things. I had a student come back the other day. He's the CEO of his own company. And he said to me, it was the community college that allowed him that opportunity to just exhale and just really think deeply about what he wanted to do. I have a working mom that wants to start her own business and wants to create a company that manufactures edible plastics or bio, biodegradable plastics from, from, I think, potato starch. So community colleges are a pathway to greatness. Community colleges will help you not end up with an incredible amount of student loans and debts. Community colleges will offer you that community that helps you with just your self-discovery, self-exploration, and just creating that great foundation and springboard that you need for your career and your personal life. Community college students form lifelong friendships, real friendships. And so I would encourage um, all the high school students listening to this to strongly consider community colleges. I know it might not be for everyone. That's what stereotypically people think. But I think that it's just because lots of people think that the only pathway is straight up for your colleges. But community colleges will create the community you need to succeed. So consider it. What a great note to end on. Thank you so much to both of you for taking the time to speak with me today and to share your experiences with community colleges and the importance that they have for the engineering pipeline with us. And I would say that SWE's affinity groups, SWE's affinity group focused on community colleges and our affiliates who are leading the charge of SWE membership at community colleges are hopefully changing the narrative about community college experience. A couple of things that I am going to take away from our conversation today that you both pointed out. I think we talk about our careers being jungle gyms versus ladders. And I would just like to say thank you for pointing out that that jungle gym really starts with our post-secondary school experience as well. So it's not that straight ladder up to a four-year university that that jungle gym can include the community college experience. I think that's a really important takeaway. And then I think the other piece that I want 
everyone to really think about is as we talk about diversity in engineering and wanting to increase the pipeline of engineering students who are from underrepresented areas, we need to think about that community college pipeline. The statistics, Rose Margaret, that you shared at the very beginning of the discussion, I think point to that exceptionally well. And just would remind all of our listeners that as you're looking to increase the diversity at your companies, think about reaching out to community colleges. I'm sure that they would be happy to have you come and recruit for internships on their campuses. Absolutely. Is there anything? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank Bye. you for that. Thank you for that, Rachel. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that plug, Rachel. And um I guess, um, Beth, we should give a plug that everyone should follow us on all our social media platforms and join us. We Affinity Community College Affinity Group. Absolutely. We're on Facebook and LinkedIn, and we're on Slack as well. And both Rose, Margaret, and I are available by email. If anybody wants to reach out, we would love to broaden our group, broaden our network, and, and hear from everybody. So thanks. Thank you both so much. I'm Rachel Morford, and for all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to leave us a review and share this episode with your social network. Thanks for listening.